The new year is often a time of reflection, a chance to look back on the past 365 days and remember. Sometimes the memories bring a smile, and other times they break our hearts. Chances are you've experienced a bit of both this past year. The new year is also a time to look ahead, to imagine what could be, to scan the horizon with expectation and seek God's guiding hand. It's a time to strive for better, to live louder, love stronger, and be more of who God has created us to be. It's an opportunity for new beginnings, a chance to start fresh, to pursue God with a renewed passion, and to press on with all our hearts. The truth is, God has been faithful this past year, and that faithfulness promises to carry us through the next. As the new year begins, may we remember this one simple truth. In Christ, we are a new creation. The old is gone, and the new has come. That's a great way to introduce today's message, A Better Way of Grace. And I want to encourage you to think about what that video just said. I think it's so important because I'm telling you, I, I feel like if you're anything uh, like my life, like Julie's life, um, we are typically always on the move. Now, we've slowed down a little bit the past couple weeks. It was kind of interesting to do that. But here we are at New Year. And we take so little time because we're always moving, always shaking and grooving to just reflect. And, and the video said it so well. Take some time. In this first week of the new year, and I want to encourage you strongly on this, to reflect. What are the things of the past year that you are uber grateful for? What are the things of the past year that you wished had come off a little bit differently? What are the things that you would change about others, but maybe most importantly, what are the things that you would change about yourself? And then, maybe even more importantly than the reflecting, is the dreaming. We have a whole new year, God willing, ahead of us. And those things that we've reflected upon, the things that we're grateful for, how can we make more of that happen? How, how can we do things that, that will bring even more grace and gratitude into our lives? The things that we wish we had done differently, well, how might we develop some new habits for the coming year? I think it's so important to take time to do what exactly what that video says. And here's the key question. As we go into the new year and reflect backwards to 2021, no matter how good or how bad you felt it was, how blessed you were, or how maybe at times feeling cursed you were? Was God there for you? 
at bottom line, did God go with you in 2021? Was he present through his word, through the sacraments, through his forgiveness, and key word for today, in his grace? And if you reflect back and say, yeah, you know, despite everything, or maybe as the cause of every blessing, God was with me, and it's so clear as I reflect back, God was present. And then to dream, what if God is present in 2022 again? What if his grace is still there for me as I move forward into the new year and beyond? What will that look like? Can I take God with me into the new year? Remember what Moses said when God said to him, hey, you're going to lead all these uh, Israelites out and, and you're going to end up in the promised land? I hope you're going to respond about 2022 the way Moses responded to God. Do you remember how he responded to God when God said, you'll lead them out? Moses' response was, nope, God, not without you. Don't want to go there. Have no desire to lead a million cats from Egypt to the promised land unless you come with me. If you come with me, I'm confident I can do it. And I pray that all of us, as we enter into 2021, will do that. And that's exactly what this, this guy named Paul, the apostle, originally named Saul, before he became a follower of Jesus Christ, actually encourages us to do today in Romans chapter 3, to take God and especially to take God's grace with us everywhere that we go. And that when we have God's grace and God's righteousness and God's help and God's presence with us, well, there's nothing impossible. Let's take and read this section now, Romans chapter 3, 21 to 31, and then we'll say a prayer and we'll dive in. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And, and, big and in there, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Where then is boasting? It is excluded. Because of what law? The law that requires works? No, because of the law that requires faith. For we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles too? Yes, of Gentiles too. Since there is only one God 
who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through that same faith. Do we then nullify the law by this faith? Not at all. Rather, we uphold the law. So I started by saying, as we go into 2021, we're going to go with God. And as we go into this message, I want to go with God too. So let's bow our heads and pray. God, be with us in this message. Be with me as I present the truths that you gave to the Apostle Paul. Be with those who are listening here in the room and online. Open all of our hearts and all of our minds to this message, this beautiful message of a better way, a way of grace that you have opened up for us through which we can live our lives, enjoy your blessings, and be grateful every day of our lives. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. So it's one thing to say, go with God. And in reality, a different thing to actually live that out. Let me, let me tell you why. There was a book recently written, 2015, and, and it's kind of an interesting book. You might want to actually pick it up. It's called, the, the title of the book is America's Four Gods. And I feel I have to start here because I'm so strongly saying with you, go with God. And then after reading this book, I'm fully aware that the idea of what you're hearing might be different from what I'm saying. Do you get what I mean? The reason is, in American culture, there are four big ideas of who God is. And it's interesting, you can almost plot them on a matrix. You know how typically if you have a matrix, you got one arrow that says, this goes from low to high, and then on the other side, this goes from low to high. Well, America's four ideas of God really break down into two big ideas. How engaged is God? So imagine across the bottom, you have God is hardly at all engaged, and it goes over to the right, and it's God is highly engaged in our lives. The other is, say, going from bottom to top is uh, God is very judgmental and critical to God is going up very gracious and uncritical, very open-hearted and forgiving. So plot these in the matrix. And, and what, what this researcher came up with is these four ideas. He said America's four gods could be named one, the critical God. And, and the critical God is not very engaged in your life. He just sort of stands back and critiques you every day and maybe keeps a little list, but the list isn't out there for you to see. He just kind of keeps a tally uh, with his very critical eye without engaging you of what's going on in your life. So that's one idea. The second one is the benevolent God. And this benevolent God is highly engaged in your life, and he's also almost nothing but kind. You can imagine this God as sort of being like a, a rocking chair God who's uh, patting his, 
his very young grandson on the head and saying, oh, that's okay, don't worry, everybody makes mistakes sometimes, um, you're, you're forgiven, don't worry about it. Then the third one is the distant God. This is the God who is, uh, he just doesn't, he sits back. This is a very uniquely American idea. For example, many believe that men like Thomas Jefferson had this idea of the distant God, and the, the metaphor often used for this God is that God is like a watchmaker. He builds the watch, he winds it up, and then he sets it on the table and walks away. And really doesn't care much, and really isn't present in your life. And then number four, you have the authoritative God, who once again is highly engaged in your life, but also highly authoritative, controlling everything, controlling your life, controlling you. And these are the four big ideas in um, American culture. It's interesting that um, they're almost evenly broken down, even. Several of them I took note of were 24%, 24%. The highest one of all the four had 31% buy-in. So when we say go with God into 2022, who are we talking about? And because, look, let's be honest, this is something that I think more and more we have to realize and talk about as a family of God. We're living in a culture that is highly influential in our own hearts. You've all seen, probably if you've been anything like me, as you've observed the last year or two, going, this is where our culture is? This is what people believe? I think prior to the last two years, most of us thought, well, you know, we can kind of live quietly as Christians. And, and a lot of American culture is, is probably somewhere, maybe hidden, maybe secret, maybe they don't talk about it much. They're kind of with us, right? And then the last two years came along. And as we be, be, began to compare this culture that we're in, I'm not, I'm not talking solely about politics. Don't, don't uh, take culture as a code word for politics. I believe, and Paul says a little bit later, you can be of lots of different stripes and still be a follower of Christ, politically, ethnically, etc., etc. What I'm talking about is the fact that the people around us, the Americans around us, have beliefs that govern their lives. Beliefs that tell them this is the right thing to do and this is the wrong thing to do. And those beliefs really do affect the decisions and the choices they make. And more and more over the last two years, I don't know about you, but I was shocked at times by those underlying beliefs in the culture that I didn't even realize were there. And so as we go into this new year and say, go with God, it's incumbent upon us to say, well, what God do you mean? And that's what Paul is going to explain to us. He's actually speaking to a, a group of Roman Christians whom he has not personally met. 
He has this wonderful intention to uh, finally get to Rome, but he hasn't made it there yet. And so remember when I said earlier in this service, two important questions for us to know the answer to is, before God, who are we? And because we want to be with God, who, who is this God that we want to be with? Well, I'm going to tell you that he is none of these four. And that comes back to our Romans 103 answer. Here are the four major beliefs about God in America, and our God is none of these, our Christian God. Because what a lot of people don't take account of is this dual nature of the heart of God. That God is holy and perfect and righteous. Paul's going to call that out in today's text. And you cannot delete that if you want to have a true picture of who God is. God never steps back, never says, I don't care about right and wrong. I don't care about ensuring that justice is taken care of in this world and that you personally are a holy person. I care deeply about that, God says. Paul recognizes that. But if you go there, that's a scary, dark place to go if you only have that in the heart of God, right? Because as Psalm 103 points out, even more than God's holiness is God's grace and mercy, God's forgiveness. And that's what God always wants us to take home as the last word from God, is that God has forgiven us and at grace, great cost to himself because he couldn't just be that grandpa sitting in the rocking chair saying, let it slide. His holiness wouldn't allow it, but his love wouldn't allow him to be distanced from you forever either. Do you know what God's perfect state is? You do, if you've ever heard the parable of the lost or prodigal son. What's the most perfect picture in that whole story? Out of the whole story, it's certainly not when the son takes his inheritance and runs away and squanders it all. It's certainly not when the, the older son, who's been a faithful son, comes and complains to his dad and says, Dad, why are you throwing a feast, a party for this jerk of a son that you have, my, my little brother? Like, what are you doing, father? That's not the high point of the story. The high point of the story is when the younger son returns and he's embraced. Because Jesus there is illustrating God's perfect state. God's perfect state is for him to have his arms wrapped around us in a huge hug saying, you are home. And maybe the second high point of that story is when he tells the older brother, we have to celebrate. Of course we have to celebrate. And I want you to be part of that celebration. You see, it's God's grace that matters most, and that's where Paul encouraged us to live. So let's, let's take a look at, uh, at going with God into 2022 on the basis of what Paul says here. If you have your sermon outline, let's take a look at that. But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known. 
to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Now, I don't know how you think of the Apostle Paul. I definitely think of him as a man of action. He is the uber-missionary, right? He is always on the move, always at the next city. But then, if you read his writings, and if you know a little bit of his personal history, how he was educated, Paul was also, like God, not just, you know, one-sided. He was a man of tremendous action, but he was also a geek, a scholar. And, and we see that in how he writes about theology. What Paul is doing here is retelling the story of Luke 15, the prodigal son, in theological terms. So if you know the story of the prodigal son, you may not, but many of you do from Luke 15. Mentally lay that beside what Paul is saying here, and it, and it will help some of this be a little simpler for you. And I'll also try to illustrate a few points. I mean, honestly, we could spend the next five weeks just on this one section alone. And if you, you guys are cool with that, like we'll stay five or six hours today and do that. Um, I don't know what people online, they'll probably get up and get some popcorn for this, but okay, I won't do that to you. Now, apart from the law, Paul says, meaning there's another way, a better way. Most of you, Paul realizes, me too, we naturally and normally think because we're fallen people, like everybody else in the world thinks that we have to strive for a relationship with God that comes through our behavior. If we behave, did any of your mothers ever have that moment? Jeffrey, behave. Like I heard that a lot when I was a kid. I don't know why. Jeffrey behaved, and I always knew what word was coming after Jeffrey because she normally would call me honey. <laughs> but when she said, Jeffrey, behave was coming. So the idea of behaving, of earning a relationship with anyone is, is strong in our minds. And Paul says, all right, that's not the best way. That's not the better way. Apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and prophets testify. You could put in place of law and prophets, you could put Old Testament, to which the Old Testament testifies. This righteousness that doesn't come by the law is a gift. This ability, this approval from God, this, this holiness that says you are innocent in the sight of God is a gift through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There's your better way. Do you want to be able to stand before God on Judgment Day and have God lovingly with a twinkle in his eye invite you to come up to his throne so he can be in his perfect state embracing you? It's not going to come because you behaved during your life on earth. Now, that is a mind blower to many people. What? Just that one point is a mind blower because we are so convinced that the better way is the way my mom told us it was. Behave. 
But Paul says, nope, there is really a better way except the gift that is given when we believe through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentiles. Now, remember what I said earlier? How people love to make differences? I mean, we can invent ways to compartmentalize people on the basis of politics, on the basis of race, on the basis of age. Oh, he's a boomer. I know I'm a boomer. I know all the abuses of boomerdom. I lived them. And then boomers are like, oh, please, millennials, are you kidding me? We have a thousand ways to slice the human pie. You know what Paul does? He puts it all back together and he says, you know what, really? There are no differences. Political differences don't matter. Racial, ethnic divisions don't matter. Age differences don't matter. Not really, not before God. There is no difference, and he uses the common knife that sliced people in his day, between Jew and Gentile. For all, this is the key point. Will you underline this phrase? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Now, I've told you the story before of when... Catherine and Dustin and Jeff and Julie went downtown to Lou Malnati's, but I did leave out a little part of that story. While we were meandering around downtown and finding our way to Lou Malnati's, we realized we had to cross the Chicago River, right? And um, <laughs> Dustin and Catherine, I mean, I don't know what to say about them, but there's a, a beautiful bridge there right? And I don't know if you've seen the statue on that bridge of Jean-Baptiste, you know, the, the guy who apparently founded Chicago. Did you realize that guy's, uh, his, his, uh, his likeness is along that bridge? And if you read it, he, it, he really does appear, this guy named after uh, Jean-Baptiste, Jean-Baptiste Point du Sable, which is called the Du Sable Bridge right next to Trump Tower there. You can't not notice Trump Tower. And it's right next to Lou Malnati's. Dustin and Catherine wanted to walk on the bridge to get from one side to the other. I'm like, what? Let's just jump this little puddle. Chicago River, no big deal. We can, come on guys, let's have a run at it. And I did, and I jumped as far as I could, and I made it, I think, a good four and a half, five feet. Dustin and Catherine looked at me like I was nutty. Okay, this didn't really happen, I will admit, I'm making all this up. Except for the fact that we did cross the bridge, right guys? And it was that bridge. And they chose the better way. Guess how many times it would have taken me to jump across the Chicago River at that point? I would have still been doing it today, unless maybe the river iced over. 
And then I could jump and jump and jump and jump. What's Paul saying here? No matter how many times we try to please God, apart from the bridge that he has built to us, namely Jesus Christ, and win our way back close to him, we will never make the jump. Do you see what Paul says here? There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. No matter how many times we try to jump across that river of sin through our good behavior that separates us from God, we're never going to make it through our own efforts. So Paul says, take the bridge. Take the bridge. And the bridge is Jesus Christ. God has built a bridge for you. And all you have to do is stroll across it. It's really no effort. You're just receiving the grace that God wants to give you. So will you, you write this down? First of all, at the very top, I want you to write what I'm talking about, what Paul's talking about, is there are two problems in our, in our world, not just one. M many times as Christians, we think we only have to deal with one problem, and that problem is sin. But there's a second problem we have to deal with. Goodness, meaning our thinking that through our own goodness, we can work and win our way back to God. It's not going to happen, people. You are my brothers and sisters. Trust me. Trust Paul when he says, no matter how much you think your goodness is going to win the day with God, it never will. Instead, take the bridge, Jesus Christ, that God has so warmly provided for you, the cross. Now, go down to the bottom past the passage, and here's what I want you to write. Here's the solution to both problems. Whether it's our sins or our feeble attempts at self-righteousness, God's singular solution is not behave, but believe in Jesus. Just believe. Not resolve, this is New Year's, we're big on resolutions at this time of year. Paul says, not resolve, but receive. Now, here's what we have to relieve, re realize. Just as had I tried to jump across the river, there would have been a cost. I would have been wet. I would have been cold. And I would have been in Lou Malnati's wrapping myself in pizza rather than eating it. Every sin we commit, every time we try to cross the river, every act of self-righteousness has a huge cost. And you know what the cost is? Every time we sin and every time we try to win God's approval through our self-righteousness, our acts of goodness which are all filled with sin, the Bible tell us, tells us that all our acts of goodness are like filthy rags. We distance ourselves further from God. Now, we're saying in 2022, we want to take God with us. So what Paul is saying is if you want to take God with you, then don't try to behave, just simply believe in that bridge. 
Not for a moment when I was crossing that bridge did I have a doubt that it could carry all four of us across. As much as I was looking forward to that pizza, and on the way back, I didn't think, well, now I'm full of pizza. Will the bridge hold me? I think Dustin ate a little more pizza than I did, to be honest. It held him too. And that's Jesus. Just believe in Jesus and you can go into the new year. Don't pay the price. You don't have to run at the river and get cold and distance from God. Listen how Paul puts this. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement. Atonement, you could break down into three little words, at one minute meaning reconciliation. You want to be one with God? You want God to go with you into the new year? God's done it for you. He presented Christ as the guy who would pay the price to bring us together with God and carry us into the new year. Through the shedding of his blood, meaning at the cross, to be received by faith, he did this. Now, now we come to that dual nature of God's heart. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness. What's filled What's God's heart filled with? Holiness, righteousness. He is a holy, perfect God. So he has to demonstrate that. Because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. Until Jesus, people might rightly ask, and some prophets did, God, when are you going to deal with all the sin amongst your people? There's so much injustice there's so much sin, so much trouble. And some of the prophets just outright ask the question, are you not paying attention, God? Wake up, God. A few of you jumped in your seats when I said that. Just kidding. Um, he did it to demonstrate his righteousness, the holiness of his heart at the present time. So as to be just, this is God's nature. But also remember what we said, he's a loving, kind, merciful God. So he is not only going to do right, he is going to make things right. And the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Here's your fill-in. To live well... In 2022, we have to understand both sides of God's heart. Holy on the one hand, merciful and kind and loving and forgiving on the other. We must take the sacrifice that Jesus made to, to satisfy God's holiness and the righteousness that God gave us apart from the law of Christ with us and live in it every day. What does that mean, really? What that means, living in God's righteousness, his, his, his willingness of heart only to do what is right, but also in the righteousness that he gives you, means you got to deal with your approval addiction. Can I say that again? You got to deal with your approval addiction. You see, the reason why those four beliefs about God exist in America is because Americans so badly want someone to approve of them. Ah, oh, you did the right thing. Ah, oh, you're such a good person. 
Ah, you're a kind, you're a wise, you're a hardworking, whatever it is. Timothy Keller has a list, he's a pastor, he has a list of 20 questions you can ask yourself, and you know what he says about that? Almost all of them are seeking approval for one thing or another, 20 different things, and he says, if you answer these questions seeking approval for any of these 20 things, do you know what you're doing? You're carrying an idol with you into the new year. Now, I don't have time to run off those 20 questions, but if you get a chance to look at them online, they're, they're gold. Because it helps us identify that if we're going to take God into the new year, let's not take a false God. Let's take the true God with us into the new year. Take his sacrifice of Jesus and his righteousness. And let's believe we don't need to have an approval addiction because we've already been approved. You're approved. You're approved. You're approved. All of you back here, you're, you're approved. You're all approved. You guys are not approved. No, I'm kidding. You're approved. Deeply, deeply approved by God through Christ and through faith in Him. If you have only an audience of one, you don't need anybody else's approval. And as you walk into 2021, go with an audience of one, the one true God. And Paul finishes up this way. So here's your take home. The only approval that matters is God's. Where then is boasting? It's excluded. Why? Because we have nothing to boast of. Do we then nullify the law by his faith, by this faith? Not at all. Rather, we uphold the law. Last thing I'm going to say, because this message is extraordinarily long, but it's a new year. This is going to have to go with you through the whole year. Can I tell you that with Julie, I no longer have to live for a relationship with her? This girl is so amazing, so gracious, so forgiving, so amazing. Somehow she's become convinced that I am the right husband for her almost no matter what I do. Now, there might be some things that I could do to destroy it, but it's not because of who I am that she thinks that way. It's because of who she is that she thinks that way. She has that beautiful of a heart. And so now when we're working on our marriage, it's not about, hey, Jeff, you need to more live for Julie. It's more about not living for a relationship, but living from this beautiful relationship, her grace, her, her, her just heart toward me that is what it is because of her. It's an awesome place to be to live from a relationship than for a relationship. And guess what? You know where I'm going with this? That's exactly the way it is with God. In 2021, it's not your behavior that matters. It's not your resolutions that matter because God loves you. God is love. And that's not a relationship that you have to live for for your behavior to be right. It's a relationship that's a foundation 
solid and firm like that bridge that you can live from and always get where you need to be in 2022. Let's bow our heads and pray. Dear Father in heaven, thank you so much for your mercy and grace, sending your son Jesus to be our righteousness, to end all our efforts of self-righteousness and, and our focus on behavior. Lord, help us in 2022 to simply be focused on bringing you in both your holiness and your grace into the new year with us. Help us to live the way Moses lived. God, only if you come with us will we go in 2022 and help us to know you as Moses did, as a God filled both with holiness and grace. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.